Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Can I be honest with you now? I was lying last week and the week before that when I said we made it. Football season's here. It wasn't here yet. Now it's here. Start the show, Eddie Spe- Oh, we already started the show. Hi and hello and welcome to Minus 3, presented as ever by Omaha. Yeah, Eddie Spaghetti's there behind the glass, but his heart is up on cloud nine. His Notre Dame, or our Irish, are already 1-0 on the young season. Sam Hartman elevating high up those Heisman rankings. We're going to get you right for week one of the college football season with our main man, Jeff Schwartz, in just a second. Um, very quickly, let's react to the latest episode of Hard Knocks. Eddie Spaghetti, I assume you watched it about the New York Jetropolitans. And I thought it was a an interesting point that the that New York City, the five boroughs, is largely a Giants town more than a Jets town. But the point was made on Hard Knocks that the Jets are getting almost all the buzz. And I wonder how that makes a Giants fan feel the the question i have for you beyond that one eddie spaghetti is who do you think has the bigger crush is it nate hackett on aaron Rodgers? it's really kind of weird the way nate hackett the offensive coordinator slash best pal of aaron Rodgers, talks about aaron Rodgers. like we don't call it the red zone we call it the golden day and we means me and Aaron, my best buddy. And look, isn't it silly how I, uh, uh, the Floby and all that kind of stuff. And by the way, I love the Floby. I, I can't make fun of Nate Hackett for making fun of the Floby. Did you ever see a Floby before? It's a dust buster, Eddie Spaghetti, that cuts your hair. Uh, it was one of the best infomercials out there about 20 years ago. You ever see a Floby before? Not you look like per- you cut your hair with one. Not in person. Thank you. Uh, not in person, but I have seen the commercial or the advertisement for it before. So that was not my first um, instance with seeing that. I- I'm shocked. It's also funny to see a bald guy, Nate Hackett, talk about wanting a Floby. <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together. It didn't occur to me. Um, but okay. It's cute. I think it could be... You could cut it in half and I would deal with it a little bit better that way. But okay. I mean, like plainly, Hackett ain't there because of his X and O acumen. He's there because Aaron Rodgers likes him and thinks he's funny. Um, I don't think you need to pay a a, a professional football coach um, great sums of money to tell everybody, hey, it's effing important that you celebrate as a team. Really? That's, that's, That's your insight? Coach, but the question is, is his crush on Rodgers bigger than the crush that Aaron Rodgers plainly has on Garrett Wilson? That was unseemly, wasn't it? Like, this is the first of many. First of many, Garrett. Like, hey, I want to do this all day with you, man. Like, he's made it in a weird way. Has it crossed a line into being like, well, plainly, hey, defensive coordinators of pro football, pay attention. Aaron Rodgers just told you he's going to throw it to Garrett Wilson. And they're really is not a great second option among the pass catchers with the Jets. I mean, it's going to be all about Rodgers to Garrett Wilson if the Jets are to succeed this year. It seems fairly clear. I mean, I know they're loaded up in the backfield, but in the in the passing department, they don't realize like Randall Cobb is going to get wow. meaningful snaps this Lizard. year. Lazard. I mean, they have Lazard. They have Come Michael on. Hartman, who is speed to burn. They have, you okay. know, Cobb is a veteran. They have some guys there that I, I mean, I think they have, you know, their, their duo at tight end with Uzama. 
and um, who is it's fine. That's league yeah, average. They, yeah, they have yes, they have guys there that I think that, you know th- there's enough to go around. And we've have we seen a quarterback that could kind of make hay with not much going on because his previous organization refused to draft any weapons. Um, I think it's Aaron Rodgers, and uh, so I'm. I think that you could just definitely tell his excitement level with a guy in Garrett Wilson who has a real chance. I think to really be the league leading receiver in terms of receptions of how much he's going to be targeted. I think if you know, want a little fantasy advice, if you could target Garrett Wilson, your fantasy drafts, I would say go for, it because obviously Rogers is pretty locked in with him. And um, so I, you could definitely see how excited he is to be like, Oh wow, this is an actually young weapon. And obviously Rogers had Devontae Adams for a number of years too, but for a long stretch of his career in green Bay, he didn't have that, but Rogers definitely is, more important to the players and the coaching staff is, and you're, you know, making the jokes with Hackett, but that's probably true. He was brought in just for that. Randall Cobb, who you mentioned brought in just because Aaron Rodgers wanted Randall Cobb there. There was a scene where the, um, the receiver Xavier Gibson, the younger receiver undrafted, he was talking to Cobb about routes and stuff. And Gibson literally said, yeah, Aaron was saying to do this. Like it wasn't, Oh, my receivers coach or Nate Hackett said to do X, Y, Z. It was Aaron Rodgers said to do this. And everyone just doesn't want to piss him off. They want to get on his, in his good graces. And it just shows you that um, how important he is. And I know that people could say that maybe hard knocks is boring. They're not showing the players who gets, who get cut. Um, I never liked that portion of the show. And I think when you get a guy who's a bona fide first ballot hall of famer to have so much access to him and he's great to watch. And even like that fight that Rogers had with uh, my giants, Jihad Ward and calling MetLife stadium, jet life stadium. Like, yeah, I mean, there is a ton of pressure on the jets this year. They have to, you know, they, they move on from Zach Wilson, who was a number over two number over pick. And then they want to move on to a guy who could bring him to the promised land. There's a ton of pressure on them while my giants, like, just keep flying under the radar. Everyone wants to talk about, you know, the, the win total, which I'm sure we'll get to with Jeff and saying how all these other teams are improving. And we like the commanders or even you, you like your Steelers are improving. Nobody says the giants are improving. People are going to think the giants are going to just stay stagnant and they're going to lose a bunch of games because the schedule is tough. But as we all know, the schedule on paper in the preseason is never what happens in the actual season. And teams do well, get sometimes to it is. I, I, uh, I don't know about that. And some and some teams do improve. And I think the Giants did a, a really good job this offseason in improving a lot of smart moves by Joe Shane, even recently, even bringing guys like Boogie Basham and bringing in um, Isaiah Simmons had a phenomenal draft. So, look, the Jets could take all the headlines. Aaron Rodgers could steal the show. But I, I'm still pretty confident in my team. Oh, you, you've said it all there, Eddie Spaghetti. Look at you up there uh, touting your uh, your boys in blue there. All right. But overall, uh, another winning turn, I thought, for Aaron Rodgers. I think he continues to come off as very likable. He's been the big winner of hard knocks plainly this season. What it'll add up to once the ball kicks off, though, I don't know. It's easier than ever in this AFC to talk yourself into a team as long as you don't pay attention to any other teams. Go back and listen to me and Kevin Hench and Eddie Spaghetti chop up the AFC North specifically on our episode from earlier in the week. At the end of this show, we'll have news about the future of Minus 3, and I hope you'll like it. I I think it's uh, good news, so stick around for that at the back end of the show. But right now, let's get you right for what I consider to be a real juicy slate full of great storylines to kick off. I know there was week zero, but really kick off college football. Let's do it with Jeff Schwartz right now. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? Ah, before you answer, 
Two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Joining us now, just in time, our main man. You know him from Jeff Schwartz is smarter than you. All his great work on Fox Sports. It's Jeff Schwartz. What's the poop, fella? Football's here. Did you hear? Dave, I think you've been out. You've been out Pittsburghed by a, a friend of my of my kids. I know you're in your little Zoom office right now with all your Pittsburgh stuff. My son came home from school yesterday, first mm-hmm. day of school, well, first week of school. Was like, hey, the kid next to me, we had a competition. Who has more Pittsburgh Penguin stuff or Oregon Duck stuff? And this kid blew my my son out the water. He's like a nine year old who in Charlotte, has, North Carolina, Pittsburgh Penguins backpack, lunchbox thermos pencil pouch holder he wears a pittsburgh penguins hockey jersey every day of the week you you have a kid in charlotte do we know do, do you have someone here that we don't know about dave i was gonna say is it coach cowers uh grandchild or something like that i think he lives in the carolina somewhere boy oh boy yeah listen that's what they always say whatever it is the dallas cowboys boy their fan base really travels well doesn't travel they're already there everybody that <laughs> People get that screwed up. Do, do you notice that the airlines are overrun by football fans on Fridays or Saturdays? No, there are a dozen no. or so people making the trip. No, there, there are certain brands in sports 
that uh, that rise to the top no matter where you are in sports America. It's interesting that yes. the Pittsburgh Penguins have achieved that despite the hate of people like Eddie Spaghetti. Like he <laughs> he wants to convince everybody because he hates Sidney Crosby and the Penguins that that everybody is tired of them and wants to move on from them. Clearly not true, Eddie no. Spaghetti. People are front runners, and the Pittsburgh Penguins, as the most successful brand in uh, in puck. <laughs> Are popular with the young people. Anyway, listen, I we, we don't have time for hockey. Okay. I don't even know if we have time for pro football, but I'm going to make it real quick because okay. I want to get through not week zero in CFB, but week one. It's yes. here, Schwartz. I can't wait. Um, very quickly, though, am I right with pro football that the pup list is now the NFL's answer to the NBA's load management? I mean, basically, we we've always kind of been aware that yeah. it's true, but that, that if you talk to enough players, they will tell you like the season doesn't really kick into high gear until around Thanksgiving. Well, this kind of proves that point, doesn't it? It's like, ah, who cares what the first five or six weeks go like as long as we have Chris Jones when the games start to really matter. Is that the Chiefs plan here? OK, so. Part of the reason this has changed, Dave, is the rules for PUP have changed. It used to be, I believe, six weeks, maybe even eight weeks if you were put on PUP. It's four weeks now. So it's four of 18 weeks of your season, obviously 17 games and a bye. Injured reserve is three weeks now. Right now, if you put an injured reserve before roster cut down, you're out for the season. But if you're put on like today, you're out three games, right? So I, for Von Miller specifically, they're absolutely using it for loaded management. I said this last year. Right. The bill signed Von Miller for the playoffs. He does not need to show up until the playoffs. His only job is to really play against the chiefs, the dolphins, the jets, and whatever they play in the playoffs. That's it. It's his only job all season. Now, Jonathan Taylor is interesting because the Colts are so screwy, man. Like if this, if this trade request is true, they ask for Jalen Waddle from the dolphins, just pay, just pay Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> like what are, what are we doing? Um, They it, look, I, I'm on board with the idea that running backs, individual running backs are not as important as maybe the, the rushing units, right? The offensive line sure. and just the, the, the ability to run the ball is still important in my opinion, the physicality of that. But I understand the argument about, Hey, we're just, we shouldn't pay those guys, but the wait, 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 I, I, cause I have to ask you, cause you're a good okay. one to turn to on my, on my ongoing hypothesis about all this. First of all, I keep saying that they are much more like uh, TV guest stars of the late seventies on love boat running backs. Now they're still stars. They're just making a guest yeah. appearance on one show, yeah. AKA a team for this year. And then next year they'll be on a different show. Um, but also how does that, how do you reconcile the team that can make anybody look good at running back the San Francisco 49ers going out of their way to get yeah. Christian McCaffrey. Doesn't that disprove that running backs are fungible when Kyle Shanahan's the one who said like, yeah, give me the the high pedigree guy down in Carolina. Is that a function of not having a quarterback or is that a function of wanting Christian McCaffrey? You know, if the Niners had a quarterback like Trey Lance, who they invest all this money into and in draft picks and they loved him and he was their guy you probably don't feel like you have to trade for Christian McCaffrey, right? And, but in this situation, you needed a dude. Like, you needed something. You needed something out of the backfield to be explosive to change your offense. And that was Christian McCaffrey. If it was Mac Jones there, if you drafted, if you drafted Justin Fields, like if you drafted someone else in that draft, you probably don't feel the urge to want Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but McCaffrey's the, the outlier, right? Look at all the other guys. Derrick Henry is the last Hall of Fame running back, in my opinion, right now. Like, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Christian McCaffrey maybe one day, but I think it's still early in his career. Um, 
Tennessee made an AFC championship game one season and has just like right downhill quickly right now. That's not all his fault. The offensive line has gotten hurt and redone that Ryan Tannehill's dropped off a cliff, things like that. But like that sort of worked out. Zeke Elliott didn't work out. Dalvin cook's already gone. Like these contracts don't work out. And Dave, the Panthers rushing attack was better when McCaffrey left. They, they so, so, I, I, listen, I, I, I'm not arguing with that. I, I do think that's an interesting thing because everybody absolutely. has pointed up to San Francisco for the last few years and said, see, look at look at whoever they plug in there. It's sort of like the Denver Broncos and uh, Mike Shanahan scheme 15 years ago. It says, 15 it, years it, ago, but like Terrell, the, the, that's different. There's a different era, though. I mean, you're, you're getting the ball 35, 40 times. Like you're the offense is designed around the run game. Again, the physicality of, um, of the game and the run game, I think is still important. We saw last year, obviously the physicality of the two Super Bowl teams, right? Like you need to have that, that oomph that like, you know, that, that like punch. Right. Um, But you can do it with different types of running backs. I mean, look, look at your Steelers in the preseason. I get the preseason, but who was the best running back? Wasn't Najee Harris, right? It was the other kid they brought in. Like it, 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 to me, it's about offensive line running back, does play design. It's not just about having that one guy that. Sure. Can, I agree with that. Yeah. can take 70, 80% of reps because they just get beat up. And I feel bad for the running backs. Like it's not nothing against them. I played with at least one hall of famer and Adrian Peterson, Jamal Charles would have been a hall of famer if he could stay healthy. Um, I think there's even a case for him to be the hall of fame. We're not doing that right now. Um, but Jonathan Stewart, Daniel, these great, great running backs, man, like really good. They made my career a lot better. Um, but if I was in charge of a team, Dave, I wouldn't draft him in the first round. I wouldn't pay a second contract to one. I, I see. I disagree with you about the first round pick. If we've learned anything in the last many years, oh, there are so many examples of this. Witness that the 49ers are everybody's one or one A pick to get through the NFC and go to the Super Bowl. And they moved heaven and earth to get Trey Lance. And it was a bust of a pick and it yeah. hasn't impacted them negatively. Or maybe it has. Maybe they would have a well, Lombardi, but still they haven't fallen off a cliff because they made a bad draft pick. If you take a first round pick and it doesn't exactly work out, or if you're playing for right now, I think it does make sense to use a first round draft pick on a running back. But anyway, as far as that goes, your point about the offensive line is more important than the running back behind it. Is there an offensive line right now? Because um, I do think that the Philadelphia Eagles for general managers and personnel departments paying attention provided the blueprint for how to be relevant. Um, if you don't have Patrick Mahomes and that is to you know, uh, might is right. Braun is going to win. We're going to try to push people around at the line of scrimmage. Is there any team out there that otherwise you kind of like the roster, but the offensive line is bad enough that it's going to drag the whole team down. Um, I mean, it does feel to me like a lot of people have obsessed over like, we got to get bigger and more physical at the offensive line. And so a lot of people said about doing that who didn't, get there and as a result their season is scuttled before it kicks off well if Dwayne Brown's healthy for the Jets that changes a lot of what they can be on the offensive line because it moves Makai Becton back to right tackle which is mm-hmm. where he belongs Elijah Vera Tucker doesn't have to move at all which they're talking about him if that if Dwayne Brown is, is healthy and ready to go that's a it's a it's a it's a good offensive line it goes from you know, eh, like uh, to like to, to good, right? Like that, like. It, but if it doesn't, if it doesn't match up to, you know, the uh, to to hold up really to injury, then I think there's a problem 
in uh, in, uh, in in New York. There are not a lot of other ones where I feel that way. Um, I was ranking top ten top ten offensive lines for Fox Sports. We're doing a weekly series. Mm-hmm. We head to the season of where we rank kind of all these offensive lines and. You know, the top five is fairly easy. It's some combination of Philly, uh, Kansas City, which I think has their best offensive line since in this kind of Patrick Mahomes era, which is pretty wild considering that they were a Super Bowl. How about this? Quick I, side I, note I, is I, Isaiah Pacheco, a guy to draft in fantasy this year because you're talking about I, that offensive line. I would never draft the Chiefs running back okay, because good. Andy Reid goes hot hand. He just okay. like, if, if it's not Pacheco that week, he ain't playing. It's, it's someone else. Okay. Um, you know, Detroit, Cleveland, and... Um, in Dallas. So those are kind of like the you know Eagles, Chiefs, Detroit, Cleveland, Dallas. Outside of that, man, a lot of what if. Hmm. Like like the Falcons offensive line, really good run blocking. Yeah, pass blocking. Like, you know, um it, you know there's offensive lines where where young guys are being, you know, if the Bengals offensive line kind of all comes together, they're all healthy, they look a lot better than they did last season. So there's a lot of these of these offensive lines that there's a lot of potential. Again, I mentioned the Jets. The Saints have a ton of potential. Uh, Baltimore, I think, you know, people are high on Baltimore, but I sort of need to kind of see again in a new offense, new things to do, how they're going to play. Um, if if the Dolphins' offensive line is not good this season, they're going to get Tua killed again. And I agree. And, I agree. And and, one, but that was yeah. sort of like an undercovered thing last year was that both of their tackles went down at the same time that Tua yes. – was having his back trouble. You yes. know, I, that's why I believe in the Dolphins. If you're trying to be glass half full, if they catch a break in terms of health, that's the reason I will. Yeah. That's why the reason I have Miami climbing the charts there in the AFC. Absolutely. Um, you know, Armstead did get hurt in the preseason. He's going to be fine. Isaiah wins come over from the Patriots. He's playing left guard. That's a good addition if he could play well. But the right side still the question, right? Austin mm-hmm. Jackson, Robert Hunt. Uh, Connor Williams at center is okay, but they drafted, you know, Eichenberg hasn't really played as well as they thought uh, is entering his third season. So there's not much depth there, um, but you're right. When, when Armstead went out is when Tua got hurt and the offense just wasn't as good. So they're kind of a, a team you look at as if the offensive line gets hurt, what happens? And to be fair, a lot of teams are sort of like that, right? Well, um, it's funny. Cause you do have to, then you do have to keep in mind asterisk the Bengals don't, still don't have a good offensive line. Is it even mediocre? I guess it kind of sort of doesn't matter because Joe Burrow has proven a number of times now that it isn't the most important thing to that team's success. Um, But it is funny that in the AFC North, I would say since he has the worst, uh, has the worst uh, combined line of scrimmage, unless it's the Baltimore Ravens. And those are the two teams that the majority of people are picking to finish one, two in the division. Right. Well, the Bengals defensive, I think their their total package is is pretty good if everyone's healthy, right? I mean, the the defensive line is really solid. Good. Reader, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, they don't they don't have TJ Watt, right? I mean, they, they don't have Miles Garrett, but they have, you know, good football players, I feel like. The offensive line, again, it's it's with Orlando Brown, Jonah Williams going to right tackle. It's it's good, not great, but it's passable to win a lot of football games, right? That just it just is, it just is. The Steelers is is a question mark for me because Dave, I think they can be really good on, the, on that offensive line. They they traded two guys away, which is very odd. Like they just like, yep, mm-hmm. all right, like get out of here, Dotson. They traded Dotson and uh, and Green, right? Two guys they just drafted the last couple of years. Um, I like their their offensive line if if it can sort of just all stay together and play to the potential. They have an opportunity to have a, a good season up front as well. It's it's a lot of the, the North is a fun division this year because. 
you're trying to count up wins, right? And it's hard to look at a lot of the teams and think, yeah, under, like under Baltimore, under Cincinnati, under, you're like, no, nah, I think they're, everyone's going to win a lot of football games, but someone's going to have to win seven games. And I, I don't know who that is. It, it, it's funny. Yeah. I mean, we've uh, gotten a range of uh, predictions on all divisions and specifically that one. It is funny though, that, yeah, it's not a knock on any team to say like, I think they're going to be eight and nine because of the competition. Either they're, they're, it's yeah. going to be the Browns or the Steelers or the Ravens. I think one, I mean, you know, math doesn't allow for everybody yeah. to have nine or more wins. So somebody's going to get that. And it's not a necessarily a knock on the quality of, uh, of the roster either. Okay. Hey, uh, one more thing. And then let's pick these college football games here. Um, it's weird to me. It's not like offensive line. You say like good run blocker, but not a good pass blocker. That's not exactly the equivalent of like, boy, he's a great wide receiver and you should see him kick. It's not Otani like swinging yeah. the stick and and also throwing 100 miles an hour. Like, the hell, you're 300 pounds. Why can't you do one, but you can do the other? That's yeah. weird, isn't it? it? It is weird, but obviously they're two separate skill sets, right? No, I mean, they're not. They're both, they're both a big slob like you putting your hands on somebody else and pushing <laughs> them. What do you mean? How, how big a difference could it be? It's so funny how it's changed. Cause when I came in the NFL 2008, I mean, it, run blocking was preferred and now it's like, you know, can, can you protect the passer? It's all the you know, like guys get drafted now based off their ability to pass protect. Cause the, that's what the game has turned into Dave is being able to pass protect. It's about patience. Like I didn't have the patience to to be a good pass protector. Like you have to just wait. Like, and, and a lot of pass protection now is again this is a change. <laughs> seems like a seems like a skill you could no, learn if your but, profession depends upon it, right? But, yeah, but you you have to be patient and then be able to strike with the patience. Like a lot of us are like wound up. We just want like you know get your hands on someone and like I when I got my hands on you. The, the rep was over. Like I was strong. I could get my, you know, the, hmm. but like waiting like for them to, and and now the game has changed for offensive linemen. We're in pass protection. Now a lot of guys watch tackles play, you know, back again, back when I was in the NFL, like you were, you were punching dudes, you're like getting the set and boom. And now watch these guys, man. A lot of times they, their hands are kind of down. Their hands are what they're waiting for the defense alignment to make a move because they're taught so many times how to use, you know, offensive linemen's hands against them and stuff. So, it's a different position now. Guys are patient. Very Steven Seagal. He should yeah. maybe Seagal should show up yeah. in an NFL training yeah. camp at some point. Uh, your guy, uh, Tunch Elkin, man, he was all over the place. He was he he came and taught us for a while. He was the hand guru for many many years. He traveled everywhere and taught everyone the, the art of uh, of some hand fighting. He was the Steven Seagal of uh, of the NFL offensive line community for a long time. I love it. All right, let's talk. We did it, Schwartz. We did it. You joined us at the start of summer. I still think that that's relevant stuff. Go back and listen to Damashek Schwartz and their pal Eddie Spaghetti. Get you right for college football at the start of summer. Now summer's a wrap. The kids mostly are back in school and college football has kicked off a tepid start. That Notre Dame-Navy game was the only one that kind of really mattered. Although you have some strong thoughts on USC and their final six games and why they are not going to the playoffs. Right. Let I, we'll, we'll hit that. But first, let's go back to front with week one, the first monster game of the college football season, LSU, Florida State yeah. in Orlando. The Knowles plus two and a half. How say you? I mean, this game is massive in the sense that 
as I always say, college football every week is another chapter. And if you lose that week, you lose any claim to finishing the novel as the hero of the story. Now, final four, you can still lose this game and get in, but you have to stay clean the rest of the way. And that's going to be hard to do for LSU and Florida State, given their respective schedules on the uh, on the other side of this game. Who wins this one? Well, this is to your point. This is the, the importance of this in a four-team playoff. Is this is like a playoff elimination game in week one, right. which I hate about college football. It should never be that way. You shouldn't. You should get praise for scheduling these games, and the outcome of the game should not matter to your end result of the season, considering how much things change in three months. I have Florida State win this game ever so slightly. Hmm. Um, you know, you look at their defensive line, possibly the one of the best in the country, um, and LSU's offensive line, little shaky. Jay and Daniels a little shaky amongst pressure. I want to see Daniels. I've watched him since he's a true freshman Arizona State, which might even be still his best season. There's just a little bit more to give, right? There's like, if he can take that next step, Dave, then they can win this game. No doubt about it. I just think Jordan Travis is in a better position right now with the weapons he has at wide receiver. Their, their offensive line is okay of Florida State, uh, but LSU is missing their best defensive tackle in this game. It was suspended, which I didn't think was even a possibility anymore um, in, uh, in, uh, in in NCAA for NIL issues. Um, so I think Florida State ever so slightly, man. This is not more than a three to seven point game in either direction. It wouldn't surprise me if, 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 uh, if LSU won this one. We know Florida State won by one last year, but I just give a slight edge to sort of Florida State's talent and then Jordan Travis, a little bit above Jaden Daniels is why I take Florida State. I'm with you. Your logic makes some sense there for what it matters. It does feel like a lot if you're 19 and you're on LSU and you're in the locker room with Brian Kelly. I would assume that you can't sell this game is all important because you have the SEC slate. And I'm not saying yeah. the ACC is a bum conference, but relatively speaking, LSU obviously has a long way to go here. And so you can't oversell it to those kids that you've got to have this one, but it is ultimately all important. Another game uh, for you that I'm curious your pick on that Saturday is UNC and USC, not the, the Trojans, rather the Gamecocks, the Gamecocks at home, but a dog there plus two and a half Spencer Rattler and company going against Drake may. I don't know if Tez Walker is going to play. I assume he's going to the, the uh, the high end pass catcher for UNC. I, I can't imagine that at this late hour that the NCAA is going to step in and be like, yeah, we're not going to let you play, kid. Um, nevertheless, it was the Gamecocks who were on the heater on the back in the back half yeah. last season, not uh, not the heels. I'm surprised by this number. I'm taking uh, North. I'm taking South Carolina, not North Carolina. How say you? Yeah, this game is actually in Charlotte. It's here at uh, Bank of America Stadium this weekend. So I'm kind of curious actually to see. It is? I looked at yeah. Oh, okay. I got that it's wrong. That, yeah. that explains that. That I yeah. couldn't figure out why that number was where it was. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's in Charlotte. Um, so kind of in the middle of uh, of Columbia and uh, and Chapel Hill. I'm actually curious to see how many people go to that game. I'm actually, I'm, I'm like, is it going to be a split crowd? Is it going to fill the stadium up? I'm, Sort of curious about that. You're going to um, be in Autzens. You won't have time to no, see it with your own no, two no. eyes. You're going to be watching the Sea of Green. The Oregon, Oregon, Portland State. Um, I, uh, I lean slightly North Carolina here. Hmm. Um, Drake May is just, I think, really that special of a football player. Um, and their roster is a little bit better than last year. Their offensive line, I mean, you know, it, it, it is better. A, That's I, I'll, I'll defer gonna, to you on they're that. Gonna, they're going to have that they've lost essential pieces. It feels to me like 
uh, Deja Carolina Blue, same season that Sam Howell had before he left, was like, oh, yeah, all, all, all my good pals left me here. Now I'm stuck on well, an they, island. I mean, they lost some, but they also brought in a couple transfers as well. Like that. That's the hard part about some of the preview of this stuff, Dave, is I get, right. how much do transfers play a role? Like how quickly do they do? You know, they brought in two transfer wide receivers who are going to start for them. You know, like that does that offset the loss of of downs right like does offset the loss of of other players um the line most i think the offensive line mostly comes back which i think is important because last year they were sort of up and down defensively they just have to be better right um i believe they got a new dc am i right about that this year um which i think should help them but i don't know i i just mm-hmm. is spencer rattler did he like did he turn the corner is that like are we are we are we buying that no, I think he's one of those guys who can uh, can be splashy and have those uh, dominant perform. I mean, obviously, we know he he's capable of having big time performances. Um, you know, I, I it, it's funny how long it's been with the NIL and the transfer and everything else. Spencer Rattler has been a story for. I mean, he's one of the all timers at this point, right? Doesn't it feel like this has been going on for eight nine years now with yeah. Spencer Rattler? It's been forever. I- I, uh, by the way, I, I hate how colleges, uh, um, list their coaches on their websites. So like Mac Brown, Mac Brown's a head coach, obviously defense. Okay. Like I'm trying to figure out who's calling the plays, right? Gene Chizik is the assistant head coach for defense. I was just going to say now it really is the office. It, it really is Dunder <laughs> Mifflin yes. the, with the way they like, yeah. everybody has to have some special title, like head coach part two. Like I'm like I, I what are we doing? Just be be a coordinator. That's it. And, and you're have, all assistants. How about and, that? And then they have two co-defensive coordinators. So yeah. <laughs> so I I I'm I'm very confused. My favorite a lot of grown-ups way, talking to the kids there in the defensive yeah. huddles, huh? My favorite, by the way, is Michigan, who has basically four, I would imagine boosters. They name their coaching staffs after, and maybe their former offensive line coaches or coordinators. I don't know, but like their offensive line coach is the Stanford Robinson offensive coordinator and also the Donald C. Graham football offensive line coach. What? Yeah. What the hell are you talking about? I've never heard of it. Yeah. J- Jim Harbaugh is the John Ira and Nikki Harris family head football coach. That's, I- his, that's his official title. Yeah. Is there a, is there any precedent for this anywhere in any profession in the history of people uh, naming a job after somebody? So like the quarterback coach is the Robert McCollum family quarterbacks coach. Well, if you're a carpenter, could you be like the Jesus Christ carpenter <laughs> of like what? What does that mean? I don't know. Like what na- I, you I, named a profession or? or <laughs> I, I I don't. I'm just telling you what I'm. I'm looking at Donald C. Graham. I don't. I don't like. That's just what Michigan has, man. It's crazy, right? Okay. Well, crazy isn't the word for it. Uh, the <laughs> stupid, unnecessary. Uh, I could go on, but let's go on to another game because I'm fascinated to get your insights on this. Everybody's very excited about primetime Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes. First of all, I'm with you on them underachieving expectation, but specifically where this applies is whether it's prime son or the other kid he brought over um, the idea that like you would spend, that you would waste your, your actual money to bet on one of them to win the Heisman. What would they have to go 
to win the Heisman Trophy. They would have to go at minimum seven and five. You don't go, you don't like have a good individual season, but, but go, but have your team go four and eight and be considered for the Heisman. So what are we stop wasting your money? You you don't win the Heisman unless your team wins 10 games itself. Right. Yes. I have not wagered on this game, um, but I would certainly feel comfortable taking TCU. Um, Three touchdown favorite at yeah. home are the so frogs. I know they lost some guys to the NFL, especially on offense, right? The left guard and, and the 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 quarterback's not there anymore. And Quinn Johnson was a first round pick. They only returned thirty percent of production from last season on offense. On defense, they returned seventy percent. Like they're good on defense. They added some transfers just like they did last season um, to targeted spots. Dave, if you go to Colorado's depth chart right now. In the two deep, that's 44 players, right? 11 on offense, 11 offense, 11, 11, okay? 41 of the 44 are new players to the team. Hmm. Whether it's transfers or freshmen. I don't know if we can expect any success right away with all these new football players. Everyone points to USC, okay? Yes, USC brought Caleb Williams over, who was already at Oklahoma. Like, Lincoln Riley was a playoff coach at Oklahoma. But USC had the majority of their offensive line already there. They had their best pass rusher in the country, Tui Tui Pelotu, who led the nation in sacks last season, was on their football team when Lincoln Riley showed up. Like, they had dudes already mm-hmm. there. Colorado's building from scratch. And if you watch their highlight videos, which I'm sure you can, you know, I love that Dion post those, those videos for us to watch. Notice the offensive defensive lines. It ain't going very well. Like, how many times is Sanders running for his life in practice? Like, you, you're a TCU team, and here's the thing about it, too, is – I understand what Dion is doing with 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 the publicity. It's great for his program. Absolutely, sure. right? But when you do that, you put a target on your back that's even bigger than it should be. And TCU I completely agree. And by the way, he's also I think he's doing those uh, 19-year-old kids dirty when he gets them out of the program saying that they aren't what's the point? What's the point of uh of damaging them as they walk out the door? You know, it's a weird move by crime, but okay. It, it is he just so I think they get their butts whooped. I mean, the first four, the first five games are bad. It's it's you know it's it's the, no, Nebraska week two. Who who knows what Matt Rule is going to be? Colorado State is probably better on offense this year. They were very good on defense last season. They they got fifty new guys too. I talked to their coach. I covered Mountain West Media Day, and then I think it's Oregon USC on the road to Oregon hosting USC. It'd be a rough start. If they, yeah, but if they get to two and one, the buzz will be positive and that will make it a successful uh, first season for Prime, probably. Last thing before you go, um, because you are our Pac 12 guy, our college football guy, really, but um, Pac 12 specifically is your wheelhouse. My upset special of the week, I'm not saying straight up uh, upset, but I'm taking Boise plus 14 and a half against the Pennixes. How say you? It's going to be, I think, the pick of, of most people looking for double oh, really? underdog this weekend. Yeah. Um, so here's the thing. You know, Boise last year got better on offense when they went to to Taylor Green at quarterback. Right? I so like a so man. I caught I caught I caught Boise. Yeah. I forget what week in the schedule, but but I and you know, as I watched Taylor Green down the back half of the season, it's like this guy has zero Heisman buzz and it's too it's too big a long yeah. shot and they're not going to win 10 games Boise. So they're not, he's not going to win the Heisman, but I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of the broadcast, you're watching that one's yeah. like, <laughs> the Heisman hopeful yeah. Michael Penix has been outdone by his, uh, his yeah. counterpart yeah. tonight. I think that will be the discussion as the game is in its final stages. I'll tell you what the tail and green highlight was. Everyone saw 
It was the Utah State game. He ran for a 91-yard touchdown run, and that there was a weird way they covered. They scored like in a, with the with a minute left to go up like 15, and got a, a a pick six to win by like 20 and cover the spread in the last minute of the game. Um, defensively, they're really good last year as well, but they have to replace a bunch of starters. I'm not as high on Washington as others are, um, but. And I know I talked to any of all those at Mountain West Media. I mean, they're ready to play this game, but they just don't have, I think, the horses defensively to really shut down Washington. I mean, Washington has a first-round S quarterback, two first-round wide receivers, a first-round left tackle, maybe the best pass rush in the Pac-12 Conference and, and Braylon Trice. I, I just don't know if they have enough. Now, can they cover the game? Possibly. Um, but enough, enough to beat Washington with the talent they have? I, I just don't know, Dave. I hear you. Okay. Why is that Jets number moving again? They're now plus two and a half. They were plus one two weeks ago. I just looked at it this morning. They added Dalvin Cook. The The Bills announced Von Miller isn't playing the first four games. So why would the Bills become a uh, a law a, a, a larger favorite there going into know. New York? With I haven't even Jets got buzz, to. But okay, go ahead. I, I know you have. To, go get one, on your I'll, Speaking I'll, of a Jet, I'll get on it. Fly across football America. I, I hope the kids... Love uh, Eugene or I, your little girl. This is her first game. First so I hope time, she yeah. loves it as much as her big brother did. We appreciate, uh, as you. always, yapping with you. Go get him, Jeff can, Schwartz. Can Enjoy football in one, season. Can I sneak in one NFL wager for week one? My, you you're going to like this. Pittsburgh plus three hosting the Niners. It's down Just, to the two and a half, but okay. Well, that's a the, Pittsburgh's going to win that game, so then I don't know that. It's my favorite wager of week one. I like where your head's at, you. Yeah, I'm, I'm not even pandering. I, I, I know you're not pandering. What do you mean? I, yeah, go ahead and say this. Yeah. So, uh, listen, if you're gonna, you're going to sp- sprinkle a little sugar, go ahead and some vinegar too. How about the New York Giants in 2023? Super Bowl champions, Eddie. I was surprised Eddie wasn't named a captain. I mean, 25% of the team was named a captain. I was surprised <laughs> Eddie wasn't including that. They, they should have one fan captain every year. <laughs> to just make just have one someone walk on the field every every game with them for the coin toss. And it's Eddie Spaghetti this yeah. year in 2023. All right, Jeff Schwartz. Right, guys, we appreciate take, you, pal. Be well. Take care. And now a quick break. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What do you think there, Eddie Spaghetti? He had a lot to say. 
Well, I mean, first of all, the team captain stuff, they named the players voted for team captain. So if the players are voting for team captains, I have no issue with it. Do I think it's a little ridiculous to have double digits, whatever they have? Sure. I remember the days you had, you know, your four team captains or five team captains, whatever it was, if you had a special teams one. So it is a lot. Um, him making fun of the Giants being Super Bowl champions. I know off air, he said to us, he doesn't think they're going to hit their over. But I, I you know, I did a, a podcast the other day. Somebody asked me to come on their show and talk about the Giants. And I was doing this schedule exercise. And um, I think when you have a gimme win with the Cardinals, the Giants have handled the commanders pretty easily the last few seasons, especially with better quarterbacks. And I do think that Taylor Heineke was a better quarterback than what Sam Howell was going to be. Uh, I do like the Giants to sweep. And that's three wins there. I don't really believe in the Rams. But you're making big ass, but you're making big assumptions, obviously. You just not- handed yourself two wins against the commies. And, you know, I I, I disagree with that. That's fine. If you Sam disagree Howell's with gonna it. going to be good. But he's not, and and and, and their defense okay, is in well. shambles. He's, but you're making assumptions that he is going to be good, and there's no there's right, no evidence right. to believe. There's a reason why he won the doing, fifth round. We're predicting, right? right. I get it, but, I'm but just I saying think you're, you're, the Giants are a better team than the, the the Commanders. They were last year, and they were the years prior when the the Commanders had better quarterbacks. And then I'm there's a reason why they brought in Teddy Bridgewater. There's a reason why Sam Howell dropped to the fifth round after the year. You know, his two years ago in college football, people were saying this guy could be a, a high pick, and he's just not that. They're just not a talented team, and uh, there's a reason why. They didn't extend Chase Young. He's not what they thought he was going to be. I think those are two of the easier games in their schedule. Mm. And they got really lucky with the Eagles game being January 7th. If the Eagles are as good as we think they're going to be, and I do think that, there's probably no reason for them to even play their starters. So if you're looking at those last two games of the season, at home versus the lowly Rams, get the Eagles bench their starters. The Giants need to win those games to get in the playoffs. I think those are, you know, I would mark those as wins. And then you have a bunch of other games that I think – probably lean in the Giants' favor, and that's talking about playing the Patriots at home, playing the Packers at home. They're on the road, but they're playing the Raiders, who I don't really buy into. Um, and like I mentioned before, they have the, the the Rams at the end of the season. They have the Saints at the end of the season. So there are some games that I think are most definitely winnable, and you know that's if they don't win any of the games versus the tougher teams like the Jets, the Bills, um, the Dolphins, the Seahawks, the Niners with their quarterback issues going on here. So um, I, I think there's enough on that schedule to eke out a these eight wins to get the over and I, I that's and that's if the Giants don't take huge improvements from last year so uh, I'm I'm still very confident in the Giants going okay, over this listen step. you're not required to lock in it's all we're all just we're just talking right now we're just talking you know amongst friends okay we're, we're trying to steer people into into certain directions but ultimately just before the rubber hits the road. That's when it matters. We got to lock in our picks and we'll do it next week. Speaking of which, big change is coming next week to the Extra Points Network. I think ultimately you, the listener, will be happy. Cousin Sal and uh, and the degenerate uh, trifecta going to be on TV now. So good for them. That means that Sal won't be doing Extra Points the show anymore instead we're going to take that and do something i think that's going to be really fun um but as we're putting that together i don't want to misstep and and misrepresent what it's going to be oh, basically if, you, if you've listened to damashek you know i like my lists it's going to be a list-based kind of thing blue ribbon panel all the stuff i think that you've enjoyed um over the years we're going to lean into that a little bit on that so make sure you stay subscribed there or get subscribed there and minus three is going to go from twice to three times a week. Is that good news? Mo Damashek, are you listening? I know you think it is. 
Um, I hope the rest of you will also think that. So more Damashek, Eddie Spaghetti, Kevin Hench. We're going to be doing a pregame in football season for you every week at the back end of the week on YouTube. Big news is make sure you stay, you, you get subscribed. Matter of fact, tell a friend, tell them to subscribe. Or if you hate us, then tell all your enemies to do it. And uh, it'll be sticking it to you by them subscribing to the show. I don't know. I don't know. Listen, minus three and extra points. Uh, make sure you're subscribed. More big stuff on the way regarding all of that. But uh, have I said it all there, Eddie Spaghetti? Did I leave anything out in that uh, in that clunky, fumbled little announcement there? Uh, no, I think that's it. Waiver wired coming back, lemon pepper with um, uh, Mark Gunnels and Martin Weiss coming back. So uh, you know, just you know, stay tuned. Follow, make sure to follow all those feeds, and uh, obviously you'll still see all of our stuff uh, on our Twitter page, our Instagram page, YouTube page, all that jazz. So just uh, keep on along. Yeah, and I, 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 you know, for for what it's worth, my sense is, uh, my two cents of this is that I think it'll be good for people. Um, Mo Damashek and uh, and the handful of other human beings uh, out there who this will streamline to some degree, um, you know, where to find our thoughts on football and the game of life and, and everything else on the minus three feed. And then we'll have an expanded sort of, as I say, list type of show going with a with a panel of people on the extra points feed. So. Um, no confusion. I've gotten a number of notes over the months, nay years now about like, so what is uh, minus three versus extra points? What's the difference? This will streamline that, uh, all our, uh, prognostication, all our, uh, foolish thoughts on the game of life and the rest on the minus three feed. So make sure you're subscribed to that and to the extra points feed and all things on the extra points network. And we'll be back on the other side of what promises to be a dandy week one in college football. And when we next kibitz, it'll be time to get right once and for all and lock in those picks, not in pencil, but in pen, Eddie spaghetti and all you listeners out there. Speaking of whom, thanks so much sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.